Kentucky basketball is starting to put their non-conference slate together. You got your good, you got your bad, but overall, I really, really like it. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be taking a look at Kentucky basketball's updated non-conference slate. It's not done yet, but we're going to take a look at some of the teams that they've added and just run down the list of the different opponents that the Wildcats have put on the slate. I'm very excited about this slate. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You got your really good games. You got your not so exciting games, but we always, I think, find a way to explain all these different games. It's different opportunities, regardless of how good the opponent is. Also, Dick Vitale, Dickie Vitis put out his preseason top 25. He put the Wildcats inside the top 15. Going to talk about him giving UK a little bit of love relative to some other preseason polls out there. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, would really appreciate it if you went and subscribed to the show. If you're listening on podcasts, you can subscribe there as well. Wherever you are listening, I made a tweet about this, and unfortunately, I realized after I posted it that it was probably going to come off as potential recruiting news or something like that. Uh, I put a tweet out saying some big things coming soon, and I will continue to update you guys on that whenever the news finally arrives. I've got something really exciting to share with you guys that is Kentucky-related, but we're not going to talk about that today. Instead, we're going to talk about Kentucky basketball's non-conference slate And it looks pretty dang good. I'm really excited about some of the different opponents the Wildcats have added. And then we've got some news on the uh, the CBS Sports Classic as to who UK is going to play there. So to start things off, I figure it would be best if I ran through the schedule uh, in terms of, you know, when the season actually starts all the way to the latest non-conference game that we currently have on the schedule And then we're going to go through the TBAs, uh, a couple of them really, really big of note. I'm also going to talk about what these teams did last year, just very briefly to give you guys an idea of what these opponents could be heading into this season. So let's go ahead and get into it. November 6th right now is the earliest game on the slate. I figure this is the season opener in Rupp Arena, New Mexico State. This is not New Mexico. This is not the top 90 Ken Palm team that you guys may be thinking about. It's New Mexico State. The Aggies went 9-15 and last season, and they were number 187 in the Kim Palm rankings. Actually, it's pretty entertaining as we go through uh, these Kim Palm rankings here, and we go through what these teams accomplished last season. You're actually going to find a few different teams that are actually lower in the Kim Palm rankings, but have better records uh, than New Mexico State, and we'll actually get to one in here in just a minute. But the next game on the schedule After November 6th, I can only imagine that there's going to be a game between the 6th and the 14th here. Next game is Kansas on the 14th in the Champions Classic. That is in the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. I really want to go to this game. I don't think I'm going to be able to. I would love, love, love to be able to get here for this Kansas game. Kansas, as we all know, was a really good team last season. 128 games, was number 9 in the Kim Palm rankings at the very end of 
of the season. They had some really solid pieces on a roster that won a national title just two seasons ago. They've lost some pieces, also brought some guys in, Hunter Dickinson, most notably the transfer from Michigan that will be able to hold things down low for them. I'm excited about this matchup. I'm really intrigued to see what Kentucky's backcourt does to offset the talent that Kansas is going to have in their front court with guys like Dickinson. UK's already faced off against him once. I really do, and maybe this is just me being bullish. Maybe this is just me looking at this through blue and white glasses, but I really don't think that Kentucky will lose this game. And to be honest with you, I feel like this is one of those games where Kentucky is going to be able to show early, if they can play with cohesively, that they have the offensive of offensive ability to beat anyone. And I'm not saying they're going to score 100. I'm not even saying they're going to score 80. I'm just saying I'm I'm really intrigued to see what this offense and what this talented backcourt and these wings look like against Kansas because last year you had maybe one or two guys that could shoot in a really inconsistent offense. This year I think it's going to be way different. I think you're going to completely flip the script there. I think you're going to be able to score with a lot more volume and a lot more consistency. And I think the pacing of this Wildcats offense is going to be more entertaining. This Kansas team, very good. Bill Self, one of the best coaches to ever do it. I'm not sitting here saying Kentucky's going to win by 45 as we head into um, head into the middle of August. But what I'm sitting here telling you is this is not going to be last year's game. This is going to be a game where Kentucky actually is able to show some different things, show their different abilities, and I think we're going to come away with this from this game pleased. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Third game here, St. Joe's. This was what I was talking about a minute ago whenever I said that there would be teams ranked lower than uh, New Mexico State despite having a better overall, overall record. St. Joe's, this will be at home November 20th, number 191 in Kim Palm a season ago, 16-17. and 17 was the record for St. Joe's. I actually believe it's some type of bird. I don't think it's the owls for St. Joe's. I should have I should have pulled that up. I can't believe I pulled their Kin Palm page up, didn't look at their mascot. Good on me, Lance. Good uh good uh research here. But that's the third opponent uh after you have Kansas and then four days later. This is a game that I'm actually really intrigued about. This is Marshall on November 24th. I believe this is the latest addition to this uh, schedule here 24 and 8 were the uh, were the thundering herd just a season ago number 83 in Kim Palm overall uh, in the Sun Belt by the way Marshall in the Sun Belt uh, in at least in college basketball this is an interesting one guys this is a Marshall program that for the better part of as uh, for my time watching college basketball intently for the better part of a decade has been consistently either okay to actually pretty good. They've had some really solid players come through their program. I think that's very evident in the way that they play in the TBT with all of their former alumni uh, just getting buckets uh, in that in that tournament. I, I believe they made the final two this year. It might have been actually against North Texas, which was just a surprise for me. I don't know how many of you guys follow the TBT, the basketball tournament, where there's a million dollars at stake for all these different teams with former alumni on them. Um, but Marshall has consistently been one of the better programs. They've been pumping out pretty solid shooters and pretty good overall scores over the past few seasons. They lost a really good center, I think, to uh, to Florida in the transfer portal. But I still think this is going to be a good game. I, I'm, I'm intrigued here. Uh, I'm intrigued. November 24th, Marshall at home. 
Then four days later, I think you have a game that people will probably be looking forward to past this Marshall game, November 28th versus Miami, the ACC-SEC Challenge. Uh, This is going to be a big game for the Wildcats to start this challenge off, first year ever that uh, that the two conferences are doing this. This is going to be at home for Kentucky. This is a Final Four team that the Wildcats will be facing off against at home. Number 24 in the Kim Palm rankings last year, 29-8 and eight were the Hurricanes. They lose some pieces. Granted, they lose Isaiah Wong. They lose a couple of different pieces that were vital to them in that Final Four run just a season ago. But that does not take away from, I think, the solidness that is this Hurricanes program. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase that. I just know that this these guys have been consistent and I know the past few years before I think 2020 these guys have been really good or, or the, the years prior uh, they've not been very good but these past few years they have uh, Jim Lorenga has been there for quite some time he's been in the game for quite some time this is not a game that you just look over and say oh you know what whatever it's at Rupp you know we're going to win you know it's just uh, something that we need to keep in mind as we go through these games and this is something that I'll talk about whenever we actually break these games down when they happen is the fact that Kentucky is going to be very inexperienced relative to all of the teams that they face this year every single one they're going to be outmatched in the experience department. Now, whether or not talent and scoring overtakes that, that's probably going to be a primary discussion in these big games like the Kansas one and this Miami one as well. But you can't gloss over this. And I also want to kind of double back and say you can't gloss over the Kansas game either. This That's not a game where it's game two. And I'm just like, eh, it's whatever. Kentucky will win. I'm just saying I feel more confident in that one this season. I hope that's fair. Then we go to December 2nd. And... This is a weird one to me. It was one of the more recent additions because of just how I feel about it and where it is on the schedule. Again, December 2nd, after the Miami game, you have UNC Wilmington. This is actually a good basketball team. This is a good basketball program as well. 24-10 and last year. They were number 152 in Kimpom. It's a good team. They have a good young coach. This is a game that you need to pay attention to. I know that as Kentucky fans, we tend to sit here and say for every single game, well, Kentucky's either got a shot or they're going to blow the opponent out, especially when it comes to games like this. And I want to sit here and say you can always find a handful of early season upsets in the non-con slate against teams that will be ranked in the top 10. And this is a game that I have circled as the, oh no, Kentucky could potentially lose this one. This is a this is a way more competent program than some people may think. December 16th, you have North Carolina. So this is something that we're going to have to monitor. Like I said, the UNC Wilmington game is interesting because where it falls currently on the schedule. You've got Miami, you've got UNC Wilmington, and then you've got North Carolina. But there are, there are, what, 14 days? There are two weeks between these two matchups, between Wilmington and UNC. I would assume that one of these TBA games will be sandwiched in between UNC Dub and UNC. That's just my guess. But as of right now, that's how it currently sits, so we're going to take it the way that it is. 
North Carolina, December 16th. Again, it's the CBS Sports Classic. This one will be in Atlanta, Georgia. And if I am not out for medical reasons, because I will likely be having something big happen in December, uh, I will be at this game. I will 100% be at this game. I'm very excited about this. Um, and if you guys are there, hit me up, because th- that's going to be a big one for me. 20 and 13 were the Tar-, Tar Heels last year. They lost Caleb Love to formerly Arizona and then Michigan. I believe that's where he... No, 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 no. Formerly Michigan, then Arizona. I'm sorry, I got that flipped. Uh, they were number 43 in Kimpom last year. UNC should be good. They're not going to be bad this year. I think they should be good to decent. November, or excuse me, December 21st, just a few days after UNC, you've got another ACC opponent in Louisville. This is at the KFC Yum Center. I cannot believe they still call it that. This is going to be uh, against one of the worst teams in the country last year that should be significantly improved. And I'm not saying like a top 25 team. I'm just saying from 4-28 and 28, and the number 290 team in the nation, according to Kim Palm, you should see a significant jump in ability to win. Uh, I think they will be a much better team this year, uh, despite being absolutely awful at times a season ago, throughout the entire season uh, in 2022. December 29th, there's maybe a game in between Louisville and Illinois State here. December 29th, this is actually the Antonio Reeves Bowl. We get to see Antonio Reeves face off against his former team, for one time here during his stretch at UK. 11 and 21 were the Redbirds a season ago, number 289 in Kimpom, so just a spot above Louisville, which I actually find very entertaining. This, uh, I don't really have much else to say about this game other than that Antonio Reeves will be the focal point probably of this game, regardless of whether or not he's the leading scorer at the end of it. And then we have the TBA games, and we've got one here that I think is very interesting. But before that, we've got Stonehill. We've got that at home for UK. If I didn't mention it, Illinois State is at home as well. Stonehill was the number 331 team in the country last year. 14-17 and 17 was their record. Then you have Texas A&M University Commerce, not Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Texas A&M University Commerce. That game is at home. No, number 307 in the nation. 13-20 and 20 was Texas A&M University. See, and then the final game here that honestly may end up being the biggest matchup of this non-conference slate for Kentucky, regardless of whoever else gets added, and they're not adding any more big games at this point. Gonzaga, this is going to be at home against a 30-plus win team from a season ago, 31-6 and if we want to get specific. This was a team that absolutely bludgeoned uh, UK in Washington, it's going to be a tough one. This is the team that can score regardless of whether or not they've got the bodies that have experience. And uh, I really do think that this is going to be a tough out in Rupp. Uh, that being said, this is a different Kentucky team. This is a more efficient team. I think we can project that out safely and say that Kentucky is going to be better on offense. But man, this is um this is going to be an interesting one. This is the biggest game of the non-conference slate. Honestly, may be the biggest crowd that we see at hand on the season, uh, this game against Gonzaga. So be looking forward to this one, Big Blue Nation. 
you're going to want to keep your eyes on it as we continue to get closer to it. And I'm not saying overlook Miami, overlook Marshall, overlook North Carolina, Louisville. Just keep this one in mind as we get closer to it. Wherever it falls on the schedule, you're going to want to pay attention to what the Bulldogs are doing heading into this one because it could be a big resume booster here at the end of the season. All right, I want to get to what Dick Vitale had to say about UK and about where he put them in his top 25, giving the Wildcats a little bit of love relative to some other preseason polls out there. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same whenever it comes to your vehicle. Every part you need needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, you should head over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part that you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit. And if it doesn't, you will get your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, that's quite a bit of parts. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. All right, continuing along here on the Friday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you guys watching. Again, if you have not subscribed to the show already, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcast, appreciate it if you follow it along there as well. So Dick Vitale's preseason top 25 has been released, and I am very pleased to announce that the Wildcats are number 13 in his preseason rankings. Now, some of you out there may say, oh, Kentucky needs to be this, that, or the other. They need to be higher. And just walk through this with me because I think this is actually one of the better top 25s that has been released, period, up until this point. I really like where some of these teams have fallen, and I can appreciate the fact that Kentucky was actually put above A&M and Arkansas. And uh, I believe um, USC... No, no, no. USC and the other ESPN top 25 was underneath the Wildcats. I'm sorry. I've got that messed up. But number one in this ranking is Kansas. Number two is Purdue. Or number two is Duke. Number three is Purdue. Number four is Michigan State. Michigan State should be much improved, I think, this season. And offensively, at that backcourt is going to be very interesting to watch. UConn is number five. Marquette is number six. Got some big East flavor in your top ten. Number seven is Houston. Number eight is Creighton. I think that's a good spot for them. I may slot them above Houston, maybe, just maybe, um, but that's that's this is a really good top ten. Number nine is Gonzaga. Number ten is Tennessee, which I just disagree with, but we'll see how it turns out. Number 11 is Florida Atlantic. Uh, that's okay. I've seen other people rank them way higher than that. Um, I, quite frankly, undeservedly so. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on my soapbox here for a second. Let's stop here and talk for a second about the postseason and the regular season and what matters. When people watch college basketball, there's a lot of casual people out there. And I'm not trying to do my best Josh Payton imitation here. Just, just hear me out. There's a lot of people out there that watch this sport casually whenever March rolls around 
and they pay attention to the tournament, and it's awesome, and a lot of people, even that watch the sport intently, base an entire team season on what they do in the postseason, and at some point for individual programs and storylines, that becomes reality. That becomes what matters. With a place like Kentucky, you do come to expect the Wildcats to do things in March, and they haven't done it in like half a decade. So I can understand some programs that being the marker, that being the definition of what your team did that year. But for the entire sport, the the different uh, big players in the tournament as a whole, it, it doesn't really matter. You need to look at what happened in the regular season. And for Florida Atlantic, they did some really good things last year in the regular season. They were like a 32-win team. But they also won almost double-digit games by five points or less in a very weak conference. They bring back a lot of different pieces. But just because they made a Final Four run, I don't think means they're a top-10 team. And I like this ranking at number 11. I think that's fair. I think you could put them somewhere around there. All I'm saying is for those out there that think Florida Atlantic's a top-8 team above some of these different teams like Creighton or Houston or UConn or Michigan State, I really think we need to take a step back here and analyze everything and just understand that, okay, heading into this season, great. They bring back pieces from a a once-in-a-lifetime run. They're probably, there's a chance they may never do that again. Let's just be realistic here. Do we really think that that's a top five team? Do we think it's a top eight team heading into this year? Because they're going to, among other teams in this top 25, and Kentucky could be one of them for all we know, they're going to disappoint. At different points, they are going to do that. And I know that some people out there may say, well, how do you know that? Just look at history. Look at San Diego State, who also made a top, or who also made a top, or Final Four run this season. You will have moments where you dip. You will have moments where you go back to being what you were, which is a decent to middling, um, it's not group of five, I'm thinking football here, a mid-major is, is what I'm looking for here. And I'm not trying to just completely throw Florida Atlantic under the bus again. I think this is a good team. I think that a top 15 ranking is deserved. I just don't think top eight up is where you think the where the owl should be heading into this season. And different teams like that, we need to be realistic and say, what are they doing this year? What are the pieces that they have this year? Instead of just sitting and saying, Oh well, you know what? That team kind of upset a couple different players or a couple different programs on the way to a uh, on the way to a Sweet Sixteen berth. Let's just throw Princeton in there. You know what? They beat Arizona. Let's throw them in the top twenty. That's not how this works. You need to look at what's happening this season, and if they've got production, you can value that a little higher for teams like FAU. I don't know if we're really doing the right thing by putting them so high. That's all I have to say. And then at number twelve, you have Arizona. I think that's a fair spot for them. Kentucky over Arkansas and Texas A&M. I think that's also fair at number 13 because, again, go back to this season. What is Kentucky not compared to last year? They have a ton of five stars. Last year's team didn't. They are just simply, I think, better on paper. Arkansas is a team that's got a couple of different injury uh, players that were injured last season coming back. That's just underneath the Wildcats. I think that's fair. North Carolina top 15. I'm not going to lie. I've not taken a hard look at their roster, but I need to. Miami, Nigel Pack, Norchad O'Meer, two players that are really good that are coming back for the Hurricanes. Texas A&M, also going to be fun. 
Let's walk through this here really quickly because I don't think the rest of the teams underneath these uh, underneath these programs are, are relevant to Kentucky's uh, schedule this year. Let's count this up. Kentucky will play, according to Dick Vitale, the preseason number one team. They will also play the preseason number nine, the preseason number 10, the preseason 14, 15, 16, and 17. And I can only imagine there are various other schools that are going to find themselves in the top 25 or near it whenever the Wildcats play them. That could be in this non-con slate. That could very well be in the SEC across the board. There are teams like Missouri, teams like Auburn, uh, teams like, let's just say for fun, Ole Miss or Florida that may find themselves ranked at some point this season. Kentucky, to go back to what I was saying at the very beginning of the show, the Wildcats have a difficult schedule this year. And I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to win 30 games. They could, but I'm not sitting here saying that right now. But man, I I feel much better about this team and what they could accomplish this season with this roster uh, significantly more than I did just a few months ago. And after getting to see them play, I'm starting to buy in a little bit more, but it's cautious optimism here. It's cautious optimism. So if you've got any thoughts on Kentucky's upcoming schedule, if you've got any opinions on what the Wildcats could do this season against these various non-conference opponents, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Stahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all on Monday for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.